Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Really excited. This is episode number 160. I am in the most amazing recording studio. And this is the first time in a recording studio. Sam Russell, Sam Luderman, how are you guys? Very good. Going great. Thanks, mate. Now, this studio is next level. Uh, let's just looking around the room and obviously people driving their cars, swimming, walking, running, doing whatever they're doing can't see it, but it's pretty magical. Yeah, you know, it's spent a bit of time on it to make it look good and yeah. sound good as well, I guess. Yeah, it cost us more than we probably wanted to. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, we tried to make yeah, the sound the baffling, you know, what, what makes the sound uh, room sound good. Yep. We tried to kind of make that into art as well. So, and we put heaps of plants in here. So it's just we wanted a comfortable environment to sit yeah. in. Basically, because we're recording an album at the moment, we wanted to be able to spend a long time in this one space. And so it really had to be comfortable. Yep. And I feel like adding plants to a space really helps with that. You know, just the <laughs> air just feels a bit fresher. It does. <laughs> It's not like typical St Kilda air. Like, yeah. It's good. No, I like that. I like that. So obviously we're going to get into what you're doing now. And the one thing I want to have you both on is because you have found your purpose and passion in probably something that started off as a hobby to start with. Yeah, so yeah. before we get into, obviously we'll talk about the album, which is coming up is awesome. Talk about the amazing work you're doing gigging all over Australia through Asia um, and some huge events. Um, and I'm sure some people listening would have heard you before because you are pretty big names in the cover industry. So before we get into that, you've got quite interesting backstories. So Sam Russell, do you want to explain maybe yours and then Sam Luna will get into yours. Yep. I won't call you both by your last names as I we know, go it's, along. It's hard, isn't it? Just so you know, but um, so do you want to just explain a little bit of your, about yours? Because you've always both of you've been into music your whole way through, but it's sort of gone off on different paths, and you sort of come back together, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, while Sam was off doing theatre, uh, that's it gave me a bit of time to follow some of my other passions, and probably something that I saw as a bit more of a, a career or something that was more of a traditional career, like moving into IT. I've always been good with computers and and programming and doing things like that, and. <laughs> I would say music was definitely my first passion, yep. but uh, when that didn't seem like a career, I guess growing up in Shepparton, it doesn't really seem like a career that you can follow doing music professionally and actually make a living from it. And so looking at other things that I was good at, uh, one thing I was good at was programming and, and computers. So uh, app development seemed to kind of be the natural progression of where I would want to go uh, with that if I couldn't follow music as a passion. And so I did that for a fair while. I uh, built a company with my brother Joe called Dreamwalk where... We were building apps. We started with our own idea and eventually built other people's ideas until we got to a point where we could sell that company. We actually, uh, I actually had Joe on the podcast. I think it was around episode 100 or something. Yeah. So there you go, yeah. Yeah, right. So you've probably heard the story from his perspective as well. Uh, he's still doing it, actually. Um, and, yeah, it was more of a recent thing moving back into music um, through some of Sam's experience as well, which I'm sure he'll touch on, uh, the reason why we came back into music. But, um, yeah, we ultimately kind of gravitated back to this because it's, it's really where my heart's at and it, it's what makes me happy. And, well, computers can make me money and, you know, they challenge me intellectually. Um, happiness, I feel like, was, is an important driver that I've kind of discovered later in life and music really kind of lends, lends itself to that in me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I've ended up. Do you think, because uh, I'm a big believer in you've got to be happy or you've got to enjoy everything you do, um, and because you are happy now and you are enjoying what you're doing, do you think that that is successful and that's when money does come because you are passionate and you are, you are enjoying what you're doing? Yeah, and I mean that age-old saying that uh, do what you love and you never work a day in your life mm. uh, you know, kind of holds true with this because I feel like I don't ever work 
uh, even though I'm always working. <laughs> my, my dad, I must admit, my dad used to always say that. Like my dad, you know, at times wasn't the best, the best role model. Um, but he always used to say, mate, you find a job, exactly that saying, you know, find a job you love and you never work a day in your life. It is, it is very cliche, but it I, is, I believe but it's true too. Oh, I've really hung on to that. So, yeah, I, li- I really like that kind of metaphor. Yeah, so, and, and so that's really good. So, Sammy, yours is a little bit different though, mate. Like you've sort of always been in the entertaining industry. You haven't yeah. made apps or anything like this. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yours. But people might have heard you on The Voice. Yeah, was yeah, that, was that the first season? Yeah, that was the very first season, 2012, you know, when it was really, it was, you know, a quarter of Australia was watching. And so it was really nerve-wracking and such a good experience and, like, you know, mess me. Can we swear? Yeah, of like, course. F- fucked me up. <laughs> Uh, in terms of like emotionally, it was like, you know, you're biting off more than you, you've ever could chew. And, uh, but, you know, I grew up and I wasn't, you know, the most academically gifted. And so clowning around and using my body and being creative just always kind of came naturally. And I just always used to sing and people just used to say, shut up, <laughs> just shut, shut up. And I just, I, I guess I'm lucky that nothing ever did beat me down enough where I, you know, I didn't, I just I had to follow that. Um, and so, yeah, so growing up in Shepparton, it was at the end of year 12, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. And like Sam said, I didn't necessarily think you could make money doing, just performing. Like that, that's not really talked about. People don't go, oh, yeah, sweet, you're going to be a singer and you'll have a career singing. That always seems like some pipe dream or some hobby. Yeah. Like kind of thing. And so when... Um, Amy Porter, the drama teacher, was like, oh, you can do musical theatre as a career. Like, it kind of was like a... I was like, really? You can do that? Um, and so went to uni and studied music theatre. Uh, I did a Bachelor of Arts in music theatre in Ballarat. And that was three years of, you know, wearing tights and doing tap and doing a lot of things that made me uncomfortable but really set me up um, you know, for when I graduated, getting into some professional musicals, touring Australia, touring, touring Asia, getting to go overseas, play lead roles, uh, really helped set me up and have a really solid foundation in performing. Uh, and then the voice came along and we kind of went on from there. So was that, uh, was that always something that you wanted to get into, like the voice? Or was it, no, did you just see it and go, right, I, that's me, I need to get into this? They called me. And I, I think I'd always spoken to Russell um, about uh, kind of reality shows. I don't want to be that, <laughs> I that don't guy be that from guy. a reality show. <laughs> I was like, and our good mate Rob Mills, who you should interview. Um, like, it, like I used to think, you know, before we were mates, I'm like, oh, you know, you talk down to people, and I hated that. That I'm like, oh, you know, Rob Mills. He, you know, he's only doing stuff now because he was on Australian Idol. It wasn't because he was talented. It was because he got lucky and got on Australian Idol. And so I was scared of that stigma. Yeah. Um, but they called me and said, this is going to be different. It's like their backs are turned. It's all about the voice. You get to choose your songs. The first season. Yeah. And so, I, and I, what, I must admit, I still said no. And randomly in the mail, I get the DVD set of the American first series. And so I, was that them trying to sell absolutely. you? <laughs> they're, like, they're like, here, I, I wish there was like $1,000 in it as well. That, that would have been smarter. But um, It so, worked though, didn't it? Yeah, so I watched it and I annoyingly, like I watched it back to back and I was just like, oh, this is a good show. This is different. This is different. <laughs> and, you know, they got me in that way. Of course, uh, you know, I, I found out. I shouldn't say of course, like for the listeners. It, it, it was 
I'm sure just like any other. We're just pawns in a show that makes money for them, you know, like Survivor, all these shows. It's just there's a story producer there. There's someone there whose job it is to think up how drama can happen, how this can happen, how that can happen and like really go into those backstories. You didn't get to choose your song. Seal was a knob. Um, to work with, um, <laughs> like I, you know, I, you know, I got so much from it, but it was, it wasn't this new beast and this, this new thing. Yeah. So what, what you see on TV isn't always nah. what's actually coming through. Uh, I think it's rarely. <clears throat> I, I think reality TV is a what's what's the word like that's oxymoronic or something like. Uh, well, they're trying to get really views. It's not it's trying to, it's, it's very far from reality. Yeah. So so from there though, obviously. Uh, that was huge because I remember watching on there. I'm like, yeah. wow, Sammy, that is awesome, dominating. Yeah. So from there, though, let's talk about when did the wheels in motion come back? So, Sammy, you're obviously doing theatre. You're performing mm. around Australia. Russ, you are building apps. You're travelling the world. You had, like, Macklemore on an app and you were doing <laughs> yeah. all these different things. Like, really cool things. You're both sort of – and you've been best mates the whole way through, which I think is just the coolest thing about that. And we'll talk about, obviously, working with friends in a minute, but – how did it go from that? Because then you started the Sam Ludeman band and mm. then you went back to Sam Sam but different. Um, when did it sort of realise that, right, we need to focus all energy on this and get rid of other distractions in our life because this is a direction we need to go in? Well, I guess we both have probably individual sides of that because Sam has his reasons and I do as well. Uh, from my perspective, I was just getting a bit sick of technology and uh, building apps and doing that same grind of a cycle where you're essentially answerable to clients who have paid you a big amount of money and then expect a big amount of service for that. And it seems like nothing is ever really good enough in that situation. And so you're dealing with this negative emotion constantly where you're constantly trying to defend yourself or, or fight with clients. And I saw none of that in music. I saw all it was was me entertaining a group of people and having a, a crowd full of people smile and dance and enjoy themselves. And that inside me makes me so happy to be able to do that and have other people experienced that and so that really drew me back to music that's the difference of experience that I'd have on a day-to-day with the people I deal with mm. yeah and that I, I must admit like when he he puts it like that like that sounds people, <laughs> people people, people cla- you know yeah, but that's really not like and that's I think that's amazing yeah isn't it it's like yeah people you know we, we finish a gig and that's, that's our job that's our work mate you're getting claps and smiles and i obviously was around while he was working with these clients and these i guess pain in the butt clients where i see him just go like nothing's good enough also they've dropped all this cash and they probably are expecting some kind of return so is it the is it app developer's fault that this app isn't going well or was it my idea that's not or, good or and people, so the execution and it's like there is sca- no, it's, it's just people's this, expectations yeah, just, are just so skew with that it's yeah. And that's what I think it comes down to. Yeah, yeah and it's absolutely. like he, he was his scapegoat and I was like, man, I, it always seems so stressful for me and I take my hat off to you because it's just I would be like I would get I, I get like nervous energy when I get confrontation like that where someone's yeah. like, you know. You Imagine know, that every day. Oh, every day. <laughs> no, thanks. Like I'm, I'm used to just, <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> and kind of sort of where I was at the end of my tether with that, at timing-wise it worked kind of with yeah. Sam as well in through yeah. his theatre experience, which he'll so go on to. what happened after The Voice, I um, – I kind of went, you know, I did he- we did heaps of good gigs. Um, the name got out there. I was, you know, earning more and really loving, really loving life. Uh, but I did get kind of, in a way, sucked back into a musical, um, doing Grease the Musical, touring around Australia and Asia, um, playing a good role, getting good money. Um, 
but that it was during that show I had an injury and kind of my first setback, first major setback in life really I noticed, which is uh, I really damaged my hip socket performing on stage. Uh, you're doing eight shows a week for a year, uh, you know, or well, it was actually around nine to ten months, but it's just pretty brutal on That's the body. Long. You're wearing leather jackets, you're wearing jeans, you're wearing boots, but you're dancing like you're, <laughs> you're a kid in a candy shop. Um, so... I yeah tore my hip open, and it was from that moment when I when I went on, went on work cover and left. I kind of reevaluated things, and I felt like that was the point where Russ was kind of sick of these these apps and stuff, and I was kind of sick of musicals and chasing. I just done a movie, so I was happy that I was kind of ticked that box off, and it also made me realise. I don't want to do movies. I hate waiting around in trailers. I'm like a bit ADD, so I need to – I much prefer live, just being in front of get a live. Get it done. Just get it done. Like, Be original, it was, Yeah, it was weird. Like a movie, you got to sit there and get in the moment It's and go back to your trailer while they change lighting for two hours and it's just kind of – uh, it gets a bit again. Stale. Again, that industry looks a lot more glamorous than it is. Absol- absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know, you just watch the finished product and go, "Oh, you know, movies are awesome." No, no, nah, nah, they're they're hard work. So it, for me, that's where it kind of it switched. I was I remember just sitting on the couch in my, with my crutches, and that's when I set up the corporate band, the Sam Ludeman band, to um, you kind of at least know that financially, I didn't have to keep doing musicals. So that I didn't have to just follow what I knew, and then we kind of started talking about music from and b- us both just going, all right, I'll leave acting, I'll stop doing musicals, I'll quit my agencies, my all, all of my managers, all that stuff, and how about we do music full time? And then Russ was like, "Yep." We both had to commit, so yeah. it was had to be like a hard cut and be like, "You're not doing any of that." Which so was how, hard, how hard, hard was that? Because that's your financial income. Like you've got yeah. mortgages, you've got bills. How what what was the final thing that just said, "Right, we're going to do this"? And was was how did that feel? Because I know people ask me that, like when you quit your job to just focus on yours. Mm. How did I do it? But I want to know how you guys did it. Like how did that feel? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt great in the long run. Obviously, it, it ends in a good place if you if you try to strive to achieve something like that. But, I mean, it's hard at the moment uh, that you're in it. And, I mean, I was considering selling my house. So I'm like, I don't know if I'll be able to afford this. My parents thankfully convinced me otherwise. They're like, no, that's a bad decision to make. Don't do that. Um, and so it was really just uh, knowing that we could quit at a time in our lives where we had at least enough of a revenue stream from music to support us, but not enough for us to excel. So it's enough so you know you can do it and not die. Right, but not so much that you can comfortably do it. So it, give, it gave us that, uh, well, we had to strive and struggle to actually get it to a point where it could actually uh, be financially stable for us, uh, like properly. And so I feel like have, making that dive at the time we did was, was good. I probably wouldn't want to do it later because maybe we wouldn't have had the motivation. I don't know. Or the, or the, or the guts. Yeah. Or the guts. Because yeah. like, it does take a bit of guts it to was, do that. Yeah, it was very scary. But funnily enough, and it, like I can only speak for myself, is like I guess I knew deep down and maybe the, the, the friendship that we have and something about Russ and I and having a best friend. It's like I weirdly kind of just went, this is going to be fine. Though it was super scary. And if anything, not my pride. What was it? Like... I just was – I knew I was going to miss music theatre. That's 2,000 people every night. I train. I went to uni for it. I thought that's just what I wanted to do. I got lead roles. I, so it's kind of like I quit while I was 
excelling. And the granted, peak, the, yeah. granted the, the hip injury definitely was a catalyst, but it's like I could have gotten back into it, um, even though my confidence was a bit destroyed, but I could have. And so, yeah, I've, I've, I felt like it, it, it was really nerve-wracking, but I was like, and maybe it's because he's such a smart bastard. I was like, well, we're going <laughs> to figure it out. Like, we're going to – I can't see us failing. And that was a good feeling to have. And I'm a, forever optimistic. So – but I just went, yeah, this is going to be great. And I'm an optimist too, but I also look at the other side of it. And the other side for me is even if we don't, what does it really matter? Like, the experience you get from that, that process anyway is massive. And – it's never really failure. Like, I'm just going to learn a bunch of stuff and then the next time I run my next business, whatever it is, I'll use all that experience and then do better next time. Mm. So I don't ever really treat it like, like failure. I never saw another option as failure, even if we didn't do well. You know? Well, it's all, it's all a learning curve really, isn't it? Yeah. And how would you know how to run a business just by Googling it or reading about it? The only way you're going to figure it out is by actually pulling the trigger and going and doing it. Yeah. And like you just said, there's no such thing as a failure. And yeah. I think too many people are scared to fail or what people think of them, they'll judge them, you know, like, oh, you both left, you left theatre, you left a great app company, you're, yeah. you're doing so well and they'll judge you. But that is so incorrect because what you're really doing is planning the way for the future because they're lessons that will help you yeah. do whatever you're doing so did you have people that said you guys are crazy like that you're absolutely ridiculous this isn't going to work yeah I mean I think maybe a long time back and the one that I think uh was probably from uh some of your extended family things yeah um they didn't seem to have like a heap of faith in nah in what you're doing. <laughs> nah well not just I don't want to be the one that tells your story <laughs> nah, you know? nah, you're nah. sort of hinting very good there so. well you're right like you know my you know my dad and like it, it, like Music, like, come on, mate, you need a you need a fallback plan, like what what if it doesn't work? And this is like forever optimistic and sometimes a bit green in the mind in terms of thinking things through. I was just like, it'll be right. Like well, it, like from failing, you you just learn something. You grow. And it, you just grow. Mm. And so I'm like and I've also had this thing of and it was like second year of uni, I said, I'm not gonna make money from any other job for the rest of my life other than performing. I told myself that and, ever, and there's been struggling times but, <laughs> but still because I told myself that and promised myself, it just happens. And so it's like that's what matters is, is if, you never, if you never give up, you never really fail. You really don't. So it was like that but, yeah, the old man, man, he just like get that Bachelor of Teaching. Like, yeah. mate, teachers make good money. I'm like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> See, I was lucky. I had a lot of support in my growing up so I – I didn't have those experiences. I was kind of told my whole life that I could do whatever I set my mind to. And so I've kind of lived my whole life in, in that image and it's never really seemed to fail me. Everything I've wanted to do, I've been able to do. And I haven't had a lot of doubt. Maybe some doubt uh, that I get a bit more recently is more people not understanding how our business runs. And so, like, say, for instance, we make a, a big purchase like this recording studio and people go, oh, hey, you know, what are you doing that with your money for? It's like... It, they see it as a waste of all this money, but I see it as a massive investment in my future. And, yeah, they're things that we're buying, but they're things that are tools to ultimately get us somewhere where we're not at the moment. And so maybe it's some, a bit more that people misunderstand uh, business decisions we make, which is why they would maybe present those perspectives. Yeah. So how do you block that out? Because at the end of the day, 
even if you justified why you spent this money, they're probably not going to understand. And it, it's yeah. not going to change how you look, how they look at it, and they're probably going to have the same opinion and it's a silly purchase. So yeah. this is really up to you and probably other people because there's so many people with opinions these days with social yeah. media. Everyone's got an opinion yeah. and everyone's happy to say it, particularly keyboard warriors. Yeah. They'll tap like crazy but they won't say it to your face. So yeah. how do you block that out? Because at the end of the day, you know how important this is. And I'm sitting here thinking this is the best investment ever, yeah. but I'm probably more open to those ideas. So what do you do to block out those sort of trolls or the the bad the bad sort of environments that people are sort of bringing to you? I think I kind of spin it around. Uh, it's kind of fueled in my fire, honestly. I, I like hearing people dissent and, and doubt me because it makes me work harder and I assess my success by my successes and my, my wins in life. I don't assess it by what somebody else thinks about How many it. times could you say that really fast? <laughs> 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 Sorry, that, it was very well said, but yeah. that's a tongue twister if I've ever heard one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? How do you block it out, Sam? Um, I struggle sometimes. Like I've always, uh, funnily enough, preached this openness and mindfulness and meditate and yoga and do all this stuff, but I... I I can look in a room and there's 150 people smiling and clapping and the one person that kind of looks at me... They're the ones who focus. Yeah, the one person Mm. who puts me down. I talked to Russ the other night about this. Finished a Saturday night gig and I'm like, why am I holding on to the three cockheads up the front that didn't like my song because it was... It was, in, uh, you know, it was a Disney song. It, it was too new school. It was, yeah, it was a Disney song. We played some Lion King, and, the, oh, <laughs> cool. and there's like <laughs> 400 people in this audience, maybe 300, just loving it. And I, I zero in on these guys that I can't get, and it's and it, and it eats me up. So I usually have to meditate about on it and just remove myself and realize that that, that that's this primitive uh, mammalian or animal brain that just cares what people think. And w- like you said, in this day and age, we care what people think and we think it matters and we let it r- run our lives. Correct. And so I have, I have to kind of go, all that matters is what I choose to do, how I choose to take that on how I choose to move forward so I really just try to be like okay what's today going to be about and and I got up and went for a run because I'm reading this awesome book at the David moment. Goggins, David Goggins, I've spoken about it before. Oh my god! <laughs> and so like I'm just I'm always trying to f- find little hacks because I know I'm sometimes a bit of a sensitive person to negativity. But funnily enough, I just want to get better. I want I love when people I love getting critiqued. Um, even though I might, Russ might t- t- detest to that because, you know, we have like a natural like defence mechanism that goes up. It's like, you're my best mate. Like, you can't say that to me and only because I know I've got the confidence to say to you, no, nah, no. Nah. So we argue all the time. <laughs> we have some pretty frank discussions. Yeah, yeah. You, we, I suppose you have to though. You do, you do. And it's awesome. But, um, you know, I, uh, that's kind of how I go about it. I think that's a really good point because everyone deals with it differently. And I know if somebody gets 100 emails a day and 99 are saying how good you are, the best music in the world, but then there's one saying yeah. you miss this line, you're out of beat, that's what you focus on. Yeah. So you again, read that like, one. You read that one 100 times. And you think about to reply to it, but you don't reply to the 99 amazing ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it's the same with any profession, I feel. So I think that's really important that both of you Deal with it sort of differently. Yeah. Um, and the people listening that you are going to get that. And if you don't block it out, it is going to cripple you. I yeah. think that's really cool. So one thing you just mentioned there is that um, 
Obviously, we all grew up in Shepparton together. For those people listening overseas, it's an amazing country town in uh, Victoria and <laughs> Australia. And um, you've been best mates since high school. Yeah. And that's an amazing thing because there's so many stats out there that if you like the people you work with, that you're going to have a much happier life overall. And I, I don't know them off the top of my head, but I know them. But also saying that, how have you kept not only such good friendships, built an amazing brand together um, and still being able to spend every day together. What, what's the secret to that? Oh, well, from my perspective, I think we just touched on it, is the ability to have frank conversations and be honest with your, your friends, like, bar nothing. Like, anything that you need to talk about, you, you've got to be able to talk about. Mm. And we've built that skill over a long time. Um, because, I mean, we did become best mates in high school, but we knew each other since primary school. We met yeah. in grade six. Um, <laughs> and so I've known this guy for a long time. And I feel like it's a combination of th- those conversations, but also finding people um, that do kind of gel together well. I feel like we have a very different skill set, which I'm sure this interview will even show in our answers. Mm. Um, we, we deal with things very differently, but they're very complementary as well. I feel like Sam it traditionally came from a very emotional background uh, and was more in touch with his emotional side, street smart. I was more book smart and... uh, Logical. Yeah, logical. And I feel like over the time we've kind of taken elements from each other and we've ultimately met in the middle somewhere where I have a bit more emotion and he has a bit more logic and then (laughs) (laughs) we kind of merge into this one kind of personality. Yeah, I I just totally agree with that, really. I just attribute it to this kind of yin and yang coming together. Like, I think separately we would have gone such different ways and I think... Had we not met each other, it would have. I, I I wouldn't be as happy, and I hope Sam probably wouldn't be as happy. Well, I actually, don't hope. <laughs> I just think that well, it just we'll never know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's let's say he wasn't. Um, but yeah, it just it just seemed to gel and work, and you know, and it, and it was you know, I tr- attribute a lot to Sammy too, with at least his ability to go. I'm going to call you out on this, and. And that would make me uncomfortable because, like, I grew up with a lot and more confrontation. Yeah. It's probably not – it's very hard to do as well. You don't like yeah, receiving. Yeah, you don't like doing it. It's but it's hard. like that – when we developed that early on that we could just kind of say, hey, mate, you fucked up and I'm going to tell you to your face and the other person would either get defensive but eventually, you know, you come around and you're like, I'm sorry or let's work through this. It's like every week we go through something like that and it just seems to just uh, strengthen our foundations because it's based on – as much trust and honesty as we can kind of roll with. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and the lack of ego as well. or Always trying to remove the ego from any discussion you have because ultimately if somebody's having a crack at you about something, then they've got a reason for saying that. And for you to just get defensive and not take that information in, it's just it's counterproductive. It doesn't really get you anywhere. So that's been something we've tried to work into any discussion we have is there's no ego on the table here. It's just mm. information somebody's giving you and you take it on and you consider it. And I really, I, I must admit, that's what I see happen to most other people. Other people that I see working in relationships, I don't see them truly break things down and they get too, def- they get, that their fights become these catastrophic well, they things. they build up. Yeah, they build up. Mm. But then they also break down the relationship and it can't be fixed. Whereas I feel like we've always figured out little ways to be like, man, that hurt my feelings or man, that you forgetting that sucked or, but it's like, but we're over it. Let's, we've talked about it. Let's move on. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't stay harboured. Yeah. I think, uh, I think what you've just mentioned there as well is something that anybody can apply into any asset of their life, you know, because if you're not talking or expressing your feelings, they build up, right. And eventually they're going to explode. 
So yeah. by talking about it, being frank and letting down those barriers, because not everybody's perfect. If you think you're going to be perfect, you're not going to go far in life mm-hmm. and you're going to have a lot of people that you don't like because they're always going to be trying to give you advice, but you'll think you're having to go at them. Yeah. So I think that's really good advice, particularly around at the moment with all the chat around mental health and we need to be able to talk, we need to be able to express ourselves. I think what you've just mentioned there, that um, have those open, frank conversations, start that from the start and then, you know, you've been able to create this amazing business together, but also you've kept your friendship, yeah. which I think is pretty cool. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about today. So what are, I know we're going to get, keep going with everything you're doing, but what are you most proud about so far from, you know, what you've been able to achieve? So I know you're both only 34, all right, but um, what? 33. 33, on, sorry, <laughs> Sam. You're looking, I'm, I'm you're looking, very, hanging, you're looking very young too. <laughs> so, I'm hanging on to that extra extra little bit. Sorry, mate. Sorry. So nearly the ego 30. just kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are you most proud of, lads? Well, I, f- I feel like we just led into it perfectly. Like I'm, I'm proud of a lot of things that I've done, but mainly building this business because I've found or we have found a way to do the thing that we did as kids, just running around having fun. Yeah. And now it's a career and it's a career with good prospects that's still going well for us. And like, I'm proud that I'm proud of 14 year old Sam for picking up that guitar because had that not happened, then I would have led a very different path. And so, yeah, I'm guess I'm, I'm proud of that experience leading to where I am now in music and the ability for us to get from our country beginnings into a city environment like this and do well mm. at our passion. Yeah. I'm proud of uh, just the, the growth, the growth in how I n- know I was when I was younger and some of the challenges I've overcome. And that it, it means nothing. It doesn't matter where you come from, whether you got super supported, you're super rich you're super, or you're super poor and you, you didn't get supported. It's like it, having that mind battle and overcoming things and not succumbing to the voice inside your head that breaks you down, tells you you're not good enough, tells you things are too hard, all that kind of stuff. I've really been proud lately and on reflecting that we're like, I'm making money singing songs. And I I would happily, like we're always striving for more and better and more growth in a positive way. But it's like, if if I, if you said stop your life now, you're just going to do this, full stop, no, no more growth. You're just going to do this for the rest of your life. I'd, I'd pat myself on the back and go... You'd be you, happy. You've done well. Yeah. So that, that, that I'm proud of that. I'm proud that I could... I feel like I could just continue doing this, but I'm not... I feel like I'm not even close to that. I'm going to keep striving and that's just what we do. Um, but that's what I'm really proud of. I, I like that because it's really nice to hear people when they actually say they're proud of themselves for something because it's very easy to tell other people why we're proud of them or what they're doing, but to sit back and reflect on ourselves, I think that's something people need to do weekly. So to hear that both from you was really nice. I suppose that sort of leads into the next part. So if people are in your position and there's so many people out there, I call them gunners, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, g'day gunner. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give to gunner? or Mrs. Gunner, or Little Gunner, or anyone like that, that maybe have something they love, like the biggest passion in the world, or biggest hobby, but they don't think that they could turn that into a career. They don't think they could do that every day. What advice, maybe two or three points, or or however you want to state it, what steps would you say would be the first to do to obviously live the happiest life that you both are? Like, what what would you go about doing there? Well, a couple of the mantras that I kind of live by, or at least run our business by, is 
and I guess they apply to other fields. One is uh, never have a bad show, never have a bad review, which uh, I kind of translate to every industry. It's never do bad work. Always try and strive to be the best at what you do and know that there's always more that you can learn because you can always learn more and you can always get better. And if you're already a gunner and you add that to your arsenal, that, that becomes really powerful um, because... Even if you're not the best right now, eventually you will be if you're always trying to be the best. Like, it's just a numbers game. Eventually you will be. And so I feel like there's a market for kind of anything, provided you're passionate about it and you put all your energy into it. And so I think anybody can succeed at that thing. They just have to strive to be the best. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, for me, a big tip would be... Uh, there's self-awareness. Like what we touched on is like re reflect on what you're good at and what you're not good at. Figure your shit out. Go see a psychologist if you need to. Figure Like go to yoga if that's what you need to do. Go for a run. Go to the gym. Like figure out what makes you tick. And I feel like people don't do that and they're, they're stretching themselves thins by saying, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, but it's all too much. I can't do it. And they're not finding their little pitfalls. They're not finding why they give up. And so... It's like I would say to self-evaluate is a really important thing to sit back and go, who am I? What are my traits? Why am I like how I am? And it's, don't talk shit to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Um, I find that a really powerful thing because then – and then the other thing I would say is start small. I used to be so extreme. Bigger picture. It, big. It's so extreme. Like, oh, I'm going to start this diet and I'm going to do it for a year and I'm going to rapidly change my life like this. I'm going to do a marathon the next week. I'm going to do a triathlon the next week. I just used to come up with all this crazy shit and none of it was getting done. And so what I found is if it's two minutes a day if, if you're, and you, and, and you just, just get yourself into these habits and like two minutes a day for a year is massive. And by doing it two minutes a day, you'll do it four minutes maybe the next day. I find like just, just, just bite off smaller chunks. And I've only recently learnt this at 33. The last couple of years I've just been like if I nip at it, if I nip at the heels of it, I eventually get the whole foot. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a really that good point. Excellent. That's really good. <laughs> Write that down. I like that. Yeah. Nip it, nip, nip, and you get the whole foot. But I, <laughs> I think people do. They they see where they want to go, but they don't realise that it doesn't. It can just be done gradually. Yeah. And sometimes the best gradual work will get the best results. So I love that. And that, that's what I want to talk to you guys about. And while we're in this awesome studio mm -hmm. is that you guys have built this, not for podcasts, even though people listening and go, that is the best sounding podcast I've <laughs> ever done. It's not crackly <laughs> like it back at home or his, his shocking connections that he has with phone guests. But the voice quality in here is amazing. And that's the reason you guys have gone, you've done covers for years now and you've dominated that. As I said, you've done them all over Australia. You've got massive gigs over Asia, everywhere. People know you, people want to see you. Mm. You're working on an album. Let's talk about it. What uh, what, what can we expect? Uh, I'm sure you can expect a lot of different, a lot of different emotions. I think. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting project. It's it's funny the writing process because I thought that what would come out would be completely different to what actually came out. Uh, I come from a traditionally rock kind of guitarist background, and so I would have thought that my songwriting would kind of follow that that kind of train, but it hasn't. Like, I've made a specific choice when I've started writing some songs uh, lately to not use the guitar as a songwriting tool to, or to use it later in the process and try a different instrument first and through that process maybe find and evoke some other emotions and some other sounds. And 
that's what's really surprised me actually is like I would have given you a different answer three months ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's probably like starting. You like you had a vision what you wanted to do, but when you start it, it goes somewhere different. Yeah, yeah? absolutely. And so I've been really focused on the process and just enjoying the process of recording music and seeing where it goes and not like stopping it or changing it or just just seeing ultimately where my creative flair will take me. And it's been it's been good so far. Yeah. I think you'll expect to hear a lot of versatility because we've sung covers for so long and other people's stories and other people's songs and every genre we can sing rock, R&B, pop. We've always covered uh, – we've got this eclectic taste and we don't care to be in one lane and think that you just got to stick to this one lane. You know, I, I think we are happy to release five – five singles that don't sound like they're going to sound like us but don't sound like the okay they're in this pocket and we don't really care about that and we're just like going let's just be open let's create and see what happens kind of thing um but then the other thing like that predominantly when i'm trying to write the lyrics at the moment we've both been talking about evolve evolving and even this interview is we've probably touched on a lot about growth Mm. and um you know, we're touching on society and politics at time, but it just seems a bit boring. What we're trying to like get through is is how to how to evolve, like how to um, change and get on top of things or uh, or see things differently, and not just be kind of stuck in your this one rut. So that that's the angle we've been think at least thinking about. Yeah, cool. So that that's with songwriting, like obviously. Um, it normally comes back to stories or experiences. Is that where you're going or are you t- telling more stories about how you've evolved and um, where you're going? Or how, I've always been really fascinated with yeah. story writing, um, sorry, songwriting because it is a story. Yeah. Um, and if you really listen to lyrics, it's insane what they get in to make something sound good as well. Yeah. So what, what's the, like you've, you mentioned a little bit, evolving and stuff like that, but um, how else do you write song lyrics? Like is it just something you're tapping away and you figure it out or does it just come naturally? Yeah, well, I mean, from my perspective, it's a, it's a bit of both. Like sometimes you'll have observations in life where you're like, oh, that's a funny situation or that's an annoying thing that happened to me. I should write a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so some songs are, are come from a place of truth, but then others come from a place of ideal where you see something wrong with the society as a broad concept and the things that people are doing and you have an opinion on that that I guess is easier to get through to people through song rather than just having an opinion because everyone has an opinion but not everyone's written a song about it. Good point. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, they, I, uh, something sweeps over me, like an idea seems to, to just to come to mind and then I can sit down and usually nut the whole kind of thing out uh, within 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so. And that's just with my kind of poems at the moment, my lyrics. Um, but but you have to be free with them. Like even though we have these ideas of about what we kind of want to write about, like yesterday I wrote a song about wanting to be a father but not wanting to yet and say like I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for you and I, I will I will be be a father but I want to set – I want to tick my own boxes. I want to – you know, I want to be set up so that you have the best chance in life. And so if that comes to me, that's not necessarily in the, the exact theme of what we're – of what maybe we want the album to be about, but you just have to go with it because you just need to write, write, write. You need to just open – crack, kind of crack the shell open of the creativity and just go with any idea. So it's like – 
some come to me with this focus and some just I'm like, where's that come from? <laughs> just come I'll, out nowhere. I'll just I'll just go with it. All yeah. right. Oh, I love that. I love that. So really excited for that to come out, lads, because I've seen you I've seen you play for years mm. now. I've come to so many gigs and each time you get bigger and better. So I'm really excited to see that. Now, I've created a game and I've never played this. I love games. I don't know. You do, <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, I've never done this before because I don't think I've ever had anyone good enough on the podcast that can sing. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question and I want – stop looking at my questions here. Right. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to sing me the answer. So whoever comes first – just has to sing it. So we could do like a point system here. So whoever yeah. gets in first. All right. So um, the first one, what is your favourite country in the world? Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be that country. It just can be a country. America. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sammy, well done. Point for you. All right. <laughs> Ludes, come on, mate. You need to lift your game yeah, here. No. All right. Second one on the list. Favourite food. I love chicken, poached or fried. Perfect. One all. I like it. That was very quick. You can tell how competitive you are, Lucy. Like, like, you can just do chicken so many ways. <laughs> um, third question is favourite season of the year? It was the summer of 69. <laughs> you beauty. Damn it. That was good. All right, 2-1, I like it. I've got two questions to go here. Uh, Favourite holiday of the year? Oh. What? We don't go on holidays. Uh, Australians all day. <laughs> Australia Day. Yeah, good one. All right, it is too. <laughs> Very good. I was going to let him have it, but yeah. <laughs> we have Australia Day at his house each yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right, last one. Let's make this for five points. So this is like the grand final. If you win this one, you win. So yeah. I'm, I'm letting you get back in the game. <laughs> Favourite sport or activity? I like basketball, even though I don't like basketball. <laughs> 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 very good, lads. Very good. So, um, a little bit. The first thing that came to mind. <laughs> I needed those five points. <laughs> it's super competitive. I like that. And you can probably tell that by the lads' voice that that is spot on. So, um, I've just got a couple of questions I want to finish off with. And one is that um, as hard as you guys both work, I really love that each year, I don't know if it's January or December, January, you take the whole January off and you use that for your time to recoup and just spend time by yourselves and together. Do you want to talk behind that? Because... I think one of the things is when you work for yourself or you're trying to build businesses is that you're like, you've got to work 90-hour days and weeks or whatever and you can't stop and there's no weekend. But um, how important is that month off for both of you? Well, in our specific situation, we do a lot of work at the end of December um, or coming up to the end of December. So most of our work is concentrated in those three months leading up to that point. So just... We're just screwed, to be honest, at the end of that time. And so it is good to be able to take that month off. Also, with performing, it works well uh, over that time of year because there's not a lot of stuff on. Um, but having said that, we do still make the choice to refuse gigs uh, over that period of time. Um, and it's just that rest and recoup kind of time, um, especially getting out of the city too. I feel like living or staying in a, a place that's a bit slower where you get back to nature and you can see the stars... Um, those kind of things, those experiences let you just kind of reset for the year. I feel like it gives me a great reset every January to go back into February, uh, feeling so refreshed, uh, being away from all of this crazy hustle, hustle and bustle of the city. Mm. What I really like about it is that it's like Sam and I are best mates and 
we often don't get to be best mates you're anymore. Yeah. And uh, what I like is, is like we get to hang out and we're not talking about because we love it. We honestly and we still talk about work twenty four seven. But it's like when we get when we have this month off, when we hang out, we talk about other sh- other stuff, and it, it's like oh that's that's where that's how it began. Yeah. That's where we. It's like this. It resettles. It kind of draws a new baseline, and also reconnects us uh, in a in that friendship in a positive way. That and that's really important. That if we just do business, I think you know that that's when cracks you can appear. You lose that a little bit. Yeah, you lose that mm. a bit. So for me, it's like sweet. We get to we get to relish in that best mates again before we go. Okay, let's let's take on Ramp this next year. year again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's. I love both of those because I'm a big believer in that you need to take time away. You need to have time for yourself to develop, relax and grow. And that's what you just said. I think it comes back to the friendship you have, but then also working with somebody else that um, if you are going into partnership with a friend, you still need to have time to be a friend that isn't about work. And it's it's really hard to do that when you don't step outside of that work zone or from Melbourne and and go to Barmer, you know, and and go and do those things. So, um, so many key takeaways from today that people should be able to adapt into their life their family, their friends, their business, anything they're doing. So, guys, I've got two questions I always finish off my interviews with. And, Russ, might say of you, then lose, you can go second yep. um, with the first question, then I'll give you the second one. If you could both look back to when you were 18 years old, dominating in Shepherd and doing everything amazing that you were, and from all the years of, like, building app, Sam, lose from performing, just everything you've done, all the life experiences you've got, if you could give your 18-year-old self one bit of advice looking back now, what would that be? Don't sweat the small stuff would be mine. Throughout my teenage years, I feel like that was a defining character of just being too reactionary to uh, hearing criticism and you know, like feeling like it, it's like attacking me to my soul. You know, that's, that's just not a thing. And it's taken me a long time to learn that is just to not sweat the small stuff. Things don't matter and things, some things are out of your control. And you should just ignore those things and not worry about them. Don't sweat about things you can't change that don't matter to you, I think would be my advice. It's, uh, it's really good. And I think most teenagers probably, if any teenagers are listening, they're probably feeling that as well. Yeah. And aren't you glad, and sorry, Luz, I'll get to you, but mm. we didn't have social media when we were growing up. Like, Because yeah. I, I feel sorry for the kids uh, today yeah. because imagine you're feeling that. Yeah. Imagine what it's amplified. Absolutely. whole new set of uh, bullying. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I think that's... And the most b- brutal bullying I've ever seen is, is like... When you're a kid, you take things to heart. 100%. And like, like what you're talking about is like you, you haven't figured out yet how to be like, oh, I don't give a shit. Like you give a shit. And yep. the fact that people can just write the most harsh, cruel shit that goes to your inbox or you, you get flooded by one accident happens at school that you're branded as X, Y, Z and, and people can just like it's so much more they have to block out in this already sensitive, weird kind of world that they're growing up with that technology has kind of uh, embellished or brought, mm. brought out. So so true, isn't it? And, but I think it's really good. Don't sweat the small stuff. And I'm sure that's something that you're still working on. I know yeah. most people would be because yeah. we, we are sensitive souls, like Sam just said, and mm. particularly we are 24-7. People can say anything to us and we and react with a notification. So yeah. um, I think that's great advice, Sammy. Ludes, what would yours be to 18-year-old Sammy? Uh, I think, funnily enough, mine would be to... to it's hard to say because I couldn't do it at the time, but I wish I could have planned more actually like thought thought uh, 
introspectively, I think it is, or being more self-aware, like everything was just just shrug it off. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. So it was really fly fly by the seat of my pants kind of thing. And I got into it got me into stupid situations. And I'm like, if I just had a thought, just just a little bit Mine's about like- the day, about the week, about what I want in the future, about saving money. Like, I kind of wish I could just, uh, could have reflected a little bit more in terms of planning and not just think the world, of course it's my oyster, but it's, you, you got to make that, make it work for you. It's not just going to fall in your lap. And I thought everything would just fall in my lap. And then when it doesn't, used to get, used to get, you know, oh, I'm not broke, it'd break me. Mm. And so I wish I could just be like, it's all right. To plan, it's all right to think. It's it's all right to to set yourself up. It, you don't. It doesn't just have to magically happen. It's fine to think things through and plan things out because that's what the the that's what people do that yeah. really succeed. And it, it, it's yeah, that would that would probably be it. I, I think that's really it's a great point because the older we get, all we do now is plan. Like everything's mm. to a calendar, everything's to a do list. But as a kid, we we don't really get taught to do that at school. You know, like yeah. you've got things to do and you've got to get on with it. But I think a lot of the time, our parents are telling us what to do and so forth. So, great advice. Now, last question: What legacy do you both want to leave on the world? When it's all said and done, you've got fifteen albums out there crushing it. What legacy do you want to be remembered for, boys? Well, I mean, I'd like to make some kind of positive change. Um, I always thought that was an impossibility in in music. Um, or maybe not necessarily if, if we went massive and, you know, became rock stars or whatever, you can probably get a message across then. But I thought it was always a very hard thing. But I feel like music now, music connects with people in a different, uh, different way to other things that you can get messages across in a really powerful way. And so... The legacy I'd like to leave is making some positive change on the future for uh, the next generations to come uh, in whatever way I can do that through music. And I guess that is through presenting positive messages and trying to get people to think differently. Yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Did, did you know I was going to hug? That was me, I know. And then I was just like, <laughs> shit, <Wow>. he's right. <laughs> um, that was amazing. I've, I, I guess, man, you hit the nail on the head. I just kind of feel like that too. It's like... Uh, a legacy I want to do is knowing that I've been honest, knowing that I've been truthful. And it's something I'm working on every day and it's like it, I think that will help create what you're saying. Is if, if I can really be honest and truthful and show my pain and show my struggles and show all the good stuff, I think that can only breed positivity from the music that we create and that's what I hope happens. Yeah. So th- I, that's what I want to happen. Beautiful, boys. Beautiful. So people are listening and the album's out, not out yet, but no. um, you've got an amazing YouTube channel, don't you? You've got over a million views. Is that yep. right? Yep. Um, where can we find that? Uh, you just search for us as Sam Sam But Different on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Instagram as Sam Sam But Different Band or search it on Facebook as well. you find us on one of those channels. Yeah, and they, you, your covers are amazing, and that's where you can go and check those out. And uh, no release date as yet for the album, but uh, I like that. You're not putting pressure on yourselves. You're letting it come organically. Um, and just for me personally, thanks for letting me come in your recordio studio today. And not only that, the messages that you said today around, you know, following your passion, your career, working with each other, 
investing time in yourselves. Um, and not only that, I really enjoyed when you both spoke about what you're proud of and then obviously your legacy. So, so many different takeaways that I feel anybody listening will be able to adapt into what they're doing. So, boys, I'm really excited for the album and I've enjoyed the ride since uh, I've also known you both quite a long time. And, um, yeah, thanks for today and, and good luck with the album. No worries, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening.